Although our logo is cute as hell, please be aware we deal with some truly heinous content in this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Heinously Yours, a podcast where we discuss Law and Order SVU under a much-needed queer and feminist lens. I'm V. And I'm Talia. And this week we'll be discussing episode 5 of season 13, Missing Pieces. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's just, let's just fucking get into this. <laughs> this is just... Rip off the band-aid. Yeah, it's, it's just a lot. Okay, so it's Halloween night. The first thing we see is Benson taking Calvin around with his grandparents, but they've obviously gone to somewhere really kiddish and Calvin is bored as shit, but he just wants to spend time with Olivia. We also see Amaro dressed as a vampire and being super conservative dad and Zara <laughs> wants to just dress in crop tops and eat candy and like same <laughs> so like <laughs> I feel her yeah. um Rollins and Finn are working and they're checking on sex offenders that they're not handing out candy I love Finn's little kid voice <laughs> <laughs> he's like trick or treat <laughs> I, I I okay so in my notes like I my okay, my first note is Calvin because I haven't seen him. Before. Yes, yes, um, yeah. But I completely forgot about their little like excursion checking on sex offenders, and I actually thought that was really good. You know, just little things like that, like showing that that that's that something thing. that they do. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think before I'd seen this episode, I'd never thought of the fact that yeah, you would have to monitor that because that would be like a perfect breeding ground for sex offenders to relapse. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was kind of cool as well. Like the little little slice of policing life, I guess. Even mm. though it, you know <laughs> we're a cab on this podcast, but like <laughs> at the same time, it's interesting to see that kind of procedure. And I, mm. I didn't look it up, but I only just thought of it now. It'd be interesting to see if that all round, like if everybody does that, or if it's mm. or if they're just doing it for this episode to have filler. Yeah. <laughs> Because it is, it's a nice thought that that would happen, yeah. whether or not it actually happens. Is whether like, they'd want to spend money on overtime for that is a different thing completely. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so a woman runs into a corner shop, makes small talk, and asks for organic nappies while she nervously looks outside the shop like she's in a hurry. Finn and Rollins catch a creepy fucker wanting to interact with kids and, and arrest him for violating his parole. We go back to the woman at the corner store and she runs out and screams and you assume that something has happened. Amaro gets the call and leaves Zara with his mum, and Benson leaves a very disappointed Calvin. We mm. never hear of Calvin again. <laughs> I know. I, wait, wait, for real? Like, like ever? At all. This is the last time anyone ever mentions Calvin oh, shit, ever no. again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Um, so, because yeah. we've we've previously discussed how I conflated Noah and Calvin from yes, so that was in the very first thing we recorded, which I don't think is going to go up because it had really bad sound. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So, for for those who don't know, I've had SVU on in the background for the vast majority of my life, but most recently I've been watching like non chronological episodes, and for whatever reason. Probably for the same reason that I thought Cabot and Novak were the same person. <laughs> I thought Calvin and Noah were the same person. Um, so this is... <laughs> Which is insane because one of them is 12 years old and the other one's a baby. 
fair, I probably just assumed it was like, oh, well, Noah's from an earlier season and Calvin's from a later season. Um, All right. So, so we never see, we never see Calvin again. When was Calvin introduced? So he was introduced in the previous season. So season 12. Oh, so he, uh, he doesn't even, he's not even in it for a season essentially no i think he's his total episodes is very small so it's basically he gets introduced when his mum is introduced as the daughter of a rape victim from like the 70s mm. and they find the guy who did it and there's like all this weird storyline because benson thinks that her rapist dad is the same person that raped um, ah. this woman's mum and they yeah. she thinks for a second there she thinks that they're sisters and basically this woman was a drug addict and she relapses when she finds out that she's the product of rape um, and so she leaves Calvin with Benson as like the only like because so so she's looking after her mum or something and her mum dies and that's like the last straw for her and she goes on a on a bender she yeah. leaves Calvin with uh, Benson she gives her full custody yeah and so then we see Calvin a few other episodes, like at the start or at the end of the episode, as like, a, oh, that's nice. Like Benson's enjoying being a mom and shit. Mm. And then it all comes to head in like a some random case where they find the mom is with her girlfriend and they're like going to open houses and stealing jewelry and shit from the houses. Oh, okay. And she's in the throes of addiction at the time. Mm. But she wants to see Calvin and Benson's like, I don't think that's a good idea. And she's like, what the fuck do you mean? (laughs) She's like, I want to see my kid. And oh my God, there's like a whole big thing. And she tries to get her kid back. And basically what ends up happening is the ex-husband of of Calvin's mom shoots her partner, like her girlfriend, because she stole her away from him. Mm. And... So she's dead. The mom is is just, like, insane, but she doesn't want Benson to have Calvin anymore, kind of out of spite, to be honest. Mm. And she gets the husband to put in paperwork to get Calvin taken away and put with his parents, mm. like with uh, Calvin's dad's parents, so his grandparents. Yeah. And there's this horrible scene where they come and take Calvin away, and Calvin is like screaming for Benson, and Benson is screaming for the kid, Aww. and like Stabler has to hold her back, and the kid is, like that kid just, they told him to go full nuts, and he does. <laughs> like he yeah. is screeching, he's like clawing for her, and it's like, it's genuinely upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, and so that happens near the end of season 12 and so this is kind of like a oh by the way calvin's still alive and they just (laughs) never mention him (laughs) oh okay so 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 this is the first episode post that going nuts oh my god and then we just never see him again all right good to know and then i think so at the end of next season so at the end of season 14 is when they i think benson gets noah Future V here, so Benson doesn't get Noah till the end of season 15, not 14. That's it. So I think they're kind of working up to that. And so I think what happened was it's like, no, nah, we can't do anything with Calvin. Let's get a baby in this, <laughs> in this pot. Um, 
so yeah, so that, that's when they introduced Noah. Okay, anyway, we'll get to all of that eventually. <laughs> but just so that you know the history of Calvin and the fact that yeah. they're just like, all right, fuck that kid. Let's yeah, this is primarily for me, not for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, but it's also like a good reminder if if people haven't actually watched those seasons recently. Mm. Um, okay, so the woman from the corner store is shouting that someone stole her car and that her kid was in the back seat, and then credits. Mm-hmm. Um, Amara and Benson talk to Craigan that the baby who's missing is three-month-old Nate, and his parents are Ali and Tim, who are tourists from Buffalo. Now, I had to look this up because I'm like, I didn't actually know where the fuck Buffalo was. <laughs> So Buffalo is a, a city in New York mm-hmm. that is six hours, six and a half hours drive away mm-hmm. from, from New York City. So okay. it's closer to Canada than it is to New York City. I found that really funny because I never really thought where Buffalo was, but it's almost like give or take an hour. It's about the same drive from here, Adelaide to Melbourne. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They've done so. They've done that. Like in the in the in this episode, these this couple have driven from essentially yeah. Adelaide to Melbourne to see the Halloween parade. Yeah, so it's like a six-hour trip for a baby as well. That's fucked. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's why I, I wanted to get my head around it. I'm like, what is this? So, like for us, it's going to another state. But this, like, New York is so big. Like New York State is so big that from one side to the other, it takes about six and a half hours. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> There's a weird comment that Cragen makes, which doesn't even make any sense. Like, it feels like nobody edited it. <laughs> um, he says, every idiot in a Casey Anthony mask is too drunk to remember his own name. He tells them to go talk to people before everyone's too drunk. Mm. But, like, do you know who Casey Anthony is? Okay, so no, but the the thought that came to mind was the guy from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Is that? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> that's um oh fuck, that's Casey something. Like his name mm. is Casey, so like mm. at least you're not <laughs> it's it's there's association there. No, no. This is a horrible case and and I don't think we'd be doing it for this cuz I think the Casey Anthony case happened in previous seasons. Mm. But just a quick lowdown. There's so much story, but basically Casey Anthony was like I don't remember if she was a a teenager, like 18, 19, or if she was in her early 20s, and she had a daughter who went missing. Mm. And when they tried to find out where she was, so the mom called the police and said, you have to come arrest my daughter because my granddaughter is missing. And I think she was... I do remember this case now, yeah. Yeah, she was just trying to scare Casey, but then they realised that, that, like, Casey Anthony just started fucking lying. Mm. like right and left and even was lies that that she couldn't even just flat out lies it was it was insane and the fact that anything like that happened is insane Mm. um basically what they found was the daughter had been dead dead for a while Mm. and they found the daughter's body like she i think she was only her name was kaylee and i think she was only like three or four years old Mm. and the shitty thing is that they had all this evidence against Casey Anthony but she got off free like she never saw a day of jail mm-hmm. and the thing is that it was it was an investigation fail on their part because they only checked her internet explorer history they later found that she was using one of the other yeah search one, of the other browsers, one, of yeah. The, one of the other browsers yeah where it had literally had questions about how long it takes for kids to die of certain poisons Jeez. and all of this kind of shit but it could no longer be introduced because of double jeopardy right and then recently there was a documentary that 
I don't know. I, I haven't watched it, but I don't want to watch it. I hate that case so much mm. because it's she's such a smug fucking bitch. Mm. But basically, she comes out and says that her dad used to abuse her and that it was her dad who killed Kaylee. Mm, oh, yeah, because this was, if I remember correctly, I didn't remember the name, but I do remember the case now. And I remember going on one of those deep dives about it. And yeah, no, I mean, this, this would have been ages ago, like in, so no wonder I don't remember it. And I probably pushed it out of my mind because, yeah, because that's one of those notorious cases, isn't it? It is, yeah. Of that name. I um, think she's, it's also notorious as well because she was young and pretty. So people were like, yeah. more, you know, pretty privilege exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, but if I remember correctly, and I might, I'm, I haven't vetted this, I'm fairly sure the dad, after being accused, tried to kill himself. I may uh, be thinking really of like another that. case, but. Yeah, my my understanding is at the very least that the the mother and father of Casey Anthony were basically the best kind of people and definitely not the kind of people to be murdering their grandchild slash abusing their child. So Yeah, my- that second documentary that came out, it's why I don't really want to watch it. I, like, I don't like the case anyway, mm. but the bits and pieces that I've seen of that second documentary is very, like, you know in The Simpsons that when Rock Bottom is trying to discredit Groundskeeper oh. um, Willie. <laughs> yeah. And it's all like ominous music. And he was the one that exonerated Homer in the first place, but they are like, rowdy, rowdy peeper. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And, and then uh, Homer's like, oh, but look over here. Look at the music. <laughs> Listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that's what, that's what that sounded like, that second documentary. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? I don't want a piece of that. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, the comment that Cragen makes is really fucking out of nowhere because they could have said anything. They could have said, like, every idiot in, like, a Freddy Krueger mask or yeah. a, a Dracula mask, whatever. But they said Casey Anthony because of it's a young girl missing a kid. I, I don't know. Yeah. It was just a really off comment. <laughs> Yeah, and <laughs> like I, I, like, I right. suppose that's sort of like the foreshadowing of what we're going to be dealing with, like a little bit of a red herring foreshadowing situation. But at the same time, what, they're just like printing out a picture of Casey Anthony's face? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there's some edgy people that would do that. Mm, I've been yeah. in enough uh, <laughs> true crime groups to know that that's not above some people. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so Ali is desperately trying to call Tim, but it keeps going to to voicemail. Tim rocks up. It's funny because all of this seems very like in the second viewing, it seems very fake. And I, at first, I'm like, uh, okay, these are just not great actors. But then in the second watch, you're like, maybe they are good actors because they're playing out like a fake scenario. Yeah. Mm. Well, I've only seen this episode once, so I can't comment on how it would look a second time because this is one of those rare episodes where I don't think I've seen it before. Yeah. And it's not good the second. I mean, it's not good <laughs> the first time around, but it's even worse the second time around. Yeah, because yeah, because you're like questioning everything that they're doing because the dramatics seem super over the top the second mm. time. Mm. Tim screams at Ali, and Amaro pushes him back. Benson is more worried about Tim's outburst. When he when she's talking to Ali, mm. Tim doesn't like cops not because of anything bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thought that was a funny line. Amaro talks to Tim, who tells Amaro they rented a place off of Craigslist, but they were late to get there. Nate is lactose intolerant and needs soy formula. That's what Ali tells Benson. Mm-hmm. 
There's a title card that says three hours missing. We get a news program talking about Nate. There's been a full search and an Amber Alert raised. Uh, Cragen is more worried about there being a tourist horror story than the actual kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, another New York horror story. They have nothing so far. Benson takes Ali to an interview room. Ali asks if she can smoke. This is Chekhov's smoker. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they put Tim in the scary concrete interrogation room, room of doom, because mm-hmm. they obviously think he did something to Nate. Uh, Cragen yeah. tells the team to check Ali and Tim's stories before they go ahead. Cragen sends Rollins and Finn to check on the Craigslist story and tells everyone to find out when the last time anybody saw Nate alive. Mm-hmm. Amaro is on the phone to Zara negotiating candy and bedtimes. Again, same. Yeah. <laughs> Zara's like the only good character in this story. <laughs> he mentions that everything with Zara is a negotiation and Benson says, gee, I wonder where she got that from. So they're like buddy-buddy enough that they can razz each other <laughs> with mm. like, that kind of stuff. Which is funny because like two episodes ago, she was just like, hey, he's not my partner. <laughs> yeah. I'm just showing him the ropes. Yeah, um, pretty much. I have very few notes on this episode, but yeah. my notes consisted of Calvin, Amaro's talking about his daughter, and then a spoiler for later on. <laughs> <laughs> like three notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll try and get through this as quickly as possible, because again, it's, it's not a great episode. Usually, I think something that happens a lot in season 13 that is different from previous seasons and maybe like seasons in the future is that usually there's three stories there's like bam okay no nothing's going on oh that looks something else oh my god Mm. a third equally as scary thing happened and Mm. you're just kind of like oh okay this this show is crazy but this one this particular episode and the next one it's one thing that happens and you just stew in it yeah the entire episode and it's it's more a case study on characterization than it is on like ripped from the headlines or the shock factor yeah and i mean there is worse episodes than this one mm-hmm. but this one just gets a bit too repetitive they yeah. just keep going back to Ali and keep going back to Tim and the same bullshit is said over and over again and you're just like oh my god like <laughs> just god just tell me who did it fuck <laughs> So Benson and uh, so it's been four hours since Nate went missing. Benson and Amaro swap who they're interviewing with Amaro interviewing Ali and Benson interviewing Tim. Cragen tells them that Buffalo police have a domestic incident filed against Tim by Ali's sister while Ali was pregnant. Finn and Rollins go to talk to the guy from Craigslist who is half naked under a trench coat at a Halloween party. <laughs> who was he dressed as? I was just like, is it like a... Because yeah, I thought, oh, okay, he's dressed as Clark Kent because of the glasses. I'm like, no way, is it Austin Powers? But I'm like, when is Austin Powers just wearing a trench coat? Look, I have, I have no <laughs> clue. Uh, I mean, they they say something along the lines of, oh yeah, you're not going to score with that outfit. So maybe yeah, Roland says that to him. <laughs> oh Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! They go check out the thing. He has no new information. He does say something weird though. He says, "Kid, that little you put in a laundry basket." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um. Okay, <laughs> but I guess it's just, it, yeah, it's just showing uh, how, like, fucking college kids have no fucking clue about yeah. children. <laughs> Finn gets a message, presumably from Cragen, telling them they're flying to Buffalo to talk to Ali's sister. Amaro and Benson try to get Ali and 
Tim's version of the domestic incident, all they find out is that Ali has no self-esteem but can also manipulate Tim and that Tim <laughs> is abusive but also is easily manipulated. He's jealous because he loves me so much, she says. <laughs> and she also says when I first got pregnant, he didn't think the baby was his. So, like, real healthy relationship here. Yeah. She also mentions that she had drink with an ex and that's why he got pissed off. So there's like, they're both, you know, in the am I the arsehole thing, they're both pretty bad. No, I mean, he's worse because of the abuse, obviously, but... They're, they're at the absolute least setting it up for reasonable doubt that either of them could have done it. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. They're both very grey characters. Mm. Amara asks if Tim ever lost his temper with Nate and Ali immediately defends him. Tim says the incident was a misunderstanding and Ali's bitch sister hates him. <laughs> Tim shows a weird inferiority complex against mm. Ali's sister and mom and says that because Ali's dad left them, they hate all men. <laughs> Wild thing to say, but okay. It's, but it's pretty fucking common. Whenever you hear dudes going off about how women just hate men, it's like they don't realise the irony of, no, 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 women don't hate all men, they just hate you. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a difference. And um, I suppose, to be fair, if I had a sister who I assumed was being domestically violenced against, I would absolutely hate that asshole too. So, yeah, same. Yeah. But, that, but that's just it. He doesn't see it like that. He doesn't see as he that he's doing anything wrong, and so the, the wrongness must be that the sister's a bitch. Yeah. Like, it's so fucking narcissistic and it's it's pretty common like i mean besides the episode being kind of frustrating it's pretty it's pretty spot on with what those kinds of domestic cases are yeah benson says to tim do you get angry and do things you regret and then he gets really pissed off and he says i want to talk to ali what are you guys putting in her head mm. which is also very they're very inconsistent with how they categorize each other or characterize each other rather mm. because he in one sentence is saying how she is a liar and a manipulator and all of this shit but then also is then worried of what they're convincing her of yeah you know so yeah that was weird Craigan informs benson and amaro they have a lead on the car but it's a dead end with no sign of nate or the car seat when amaro loses it to give him the the crowbar or whatever the thing to break the thing that was pretty hot <laughs> Like, oh. I, I mean, this this goes to show that we have very different tastes because my initial thought with, with that scene, because they just arrive, and I think, is it him or, or Liv that goes, like, um, move it, move it, like, you know, give me the give me the tool. And, and I was like, uh, dude, chill. chill. Yeah. They, they, they just got there. They just got there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know that there's a potentially a baby, but just they just got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not looking at the case, like, because yeah, that was a really <laughs> shitty thing to do. I just found him hot in that moment. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, all right, fine, <laughs> fine. I concede. He's 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 fine. I guess. Another shit ton of officers called in to search the surrounding areas around the car, including divers, to check the river. 16 hours after Nate went missing, and they find that Tim's fingerprints were the only ones on the steering wheel of the car. Amaro tells Ali they found the car. Amaro gets more random info about Ali and Tim's relationship. I didn't write down what because it was boring as shit. <laughs> Ali's sister in Buffalo thinks Tim is a loser that just eats her food and treats Ali like shit. Tim named the baby after a football player because... Uh, Ali wanted to call the baby Ty. There's something weird there. I don't really give a shit about sports. <laughs> this is not a sports <laughs> podcast. There was a weird thing that I found in like trivia things of 
the football player that they named that Tim supposedly named Nate after. And then Rollins gives like his stats to Finn when Finn's like, who the fuck is that? Mm. And apparently those stats don't exist. Oh, she makes him sound like he's like one of the best players on that team, but he, that guy never even got close to getting those stats. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so I don't know what that what that's about. I like the, I like the idea that Rollins just made it up. Then <laughs> I just want to seem cool, but but the thing is with Rollins, like the implication is that she's already. This is like the second or third time that a comment from Rollins implies that she knows players' stats because of gambling. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's she's dropped a couple of things in the last four or five episodes, but it's all very like, oh, she's just. She's just a sports gal, <laughs> you know, like, oh, she's just really into sports. But it plays in later. <laughs> to okay, then. Oh, I have to give him props there because I just assumed it was like a, let's make her seem like one of the guys. Well, it is. It is. Mm. But there's underlying shit mm. happening. There too. <laughs> all right, all right. So Nate and Ali's room is clean and tidy and Nate's pictures are everywhere. So he's obviously very loved by Ali. Ali's sister is genuinely worried but hopeful that they'll find Nate. Mm. Back in the concrete room of doom, <laughs> Tim is unraveling. There's a moment when she asks him something and he says, I'm not lying about that. Oh. <laughs> so it's you're just kind of like, wait, so you're lying about everything else then? Yeah. And then he says, I wasn't there to protect my boy. Tim implies that Ali will find a way to blame him for everything. A man walks into the precinct with a car seat that he bought off of a street vendor. His wife recognized the car seat from the news, leads them to a Vietnam vet who stole the stuff from the car to sell but didn't see or hear Nate. Novak is there and tells them they don't have enough evidence to arrest either of them. Amaro reads the results of the tests run on all of Nate's stuff they got from the street vendor and there was soy poop in the cooler implying that Nate's body was in the cooler at some point. Soy poop. Soy poop. (laughs) (laughs) They say it's some, they say like soy in the fecal matter. I'm like, it's soy poop. I'm not, I'm not writing that a billion times. It's for, yeah, those of us who are lactose intolerant and need soy poop. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Amaro walks into the fancy interview room to talk to Ali and she's sleeping. Ali asks if Nate is dead. Amaro asks Ali to repeat the story of them leaving Buffalo. Benson catches Tim out in a lie as he gets super sketchy about not recognizing the cooler. She tells him they found the soy poop and he says that Ali must have put a dirty nappy in there and Benson generalizes hardcore and says that no mother puts a dirty diaper in a cooler that's just not something mothers do yeah so I can imagine at least five instances like random instances of having to put a nappy in a cooler yeah anything from okay well we're in the car he's pooped we we're not gonna do we're environmentally healthier on this podcast and we don't want to throw it out into the wilderness let's Mm. put it in the cooler where it's not gonna smell yeah you're you're at the beach. You don't want to leave it on the beach. All right, let's let's line the cooler and put the nappy in there. Like, there's just so many random things that can happen in life. Yeah, that would end up with the thing. But but at this point, Olivia has only looked after Calvin for like a couple of months, and she's like, no mother would ever do that. It's like shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sit the fuck down, Olivia. (laughs) This actually happens quite a bit in the older seasons where they generalize a shit ton and and it's the basis of some of their cases and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. I think I might might be misremembering, but I think one of the famous instances of this, more so that, like, you can tell a man wrote this episode is one of those, like, Mm. uh, 
no woman would wear unmatching panty and bra set. It was like, oh yeah, you for fucking real with me? Like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that is very much a, a dude written thing. <laughs> Benson presents different scenarios where Tim hurt Nate by accident and he loses it. And he says, don't you attack me, but immediately apologizes straight after. Mm. Benson asks how Nate ended up in the cooler, but Tim shuts down. Back to Amaro and Ali, and she's retelling the story of them leaving Buffalo when Ali gets to the bit where they slept in the car. Amaro warns, warns her that up to that point, she's been telling the truth. Ali admits they slept at a motel, but Tim didn't want Ali's sister to know. I don't get that either. Like, what yeah. difference would it make if her sister knew? What, you, want, you would re- prefer that she knew that you slept in the car? They slept in the car. I know. Like, how is that a better story? Mm. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Finn and Rollins go to the motel and find out that Ali and Tim got drunk at the motel bar, fought about a pumpkin costume, and just had Nate in his car seat and underneath the table the whole time, which is fucking mm. depressing as shit. Mm. Another autocorrect. As Mayo confronts Ali, that's supposed to be Amaro. <laughs> <laughs> As Mayo confronts Ali with new information and she tells him that they had to take him to the, like they had to take him to the motel because nobody was there to look after him. It's like, well, you could have not gone to the bar. Yeah. But, but then she's like, oh, I wanted us to have a few drinks and have a bit of fun. Like if we were on vacation for real. Tim tells Benson that Ali lies sometimes because she's a people pleaser. Benson asked him about the motel bar story and she said so you guys had a couple of drinks and she's like so whatever happened wasn't your fault it was the alcohol and it's like Mm. what like i know she's trying to get him to talk but that rolls off the tongue a bit too easily benson (laughs) tim confessed that he thinks ali is smarter than him amaro manages to get ali to reveal where they buried the baby like out of fucking nowhere too there was no preamble to it i think it's just like she knows that she's been caught sort of thing Mm. when amaro tells her that up to that point she had been lying or whatever benson rollins amaro and finn go to the beach where they find nate's body buried with his blanket and his toy and it's horrifying because they actually show you half of the baby's face this is another one this season has been full of those like what like why why are you showing me this I do not want to see the baby, thank no, you. I don't want to see that. The medical examiner, Warner, tells them that Nate was loved and there was no sign of trauma or violence. Benson tells Amaro to go home and spend time with his daughter, but Amaro tells Benson that right now this kid needs them. Mm-hmm. Ali asks Amaro and Rollins if they found Nate and if he was okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird... I mean, I... I, I you kind of I understand it, yeah, but... Yeah. She literally gave them a map to where f- to find his body. Mm. So I don't know if she was asking if he was okay as not is he alive, but like, did you find him okay? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And, and like, you can put that down to like a bit of shock as well, but like, it was just mm. a weird line. Ali and Tim both confessed to accidentally killing Nate, Tim by shaking him, and Ali by accidentally drowning him. Novak wants to charge them both and let the jury decide, but Emmy Warner tells Benson and Amara that they're both lying and she's going to rule that Nate died of sudden infant death syndrome or SIDS. This is where the Chekhov smoker comes in because she's like, is the mother a smoker? Because that like gives you a higher chance of SIDS. Mm. So basically, God, this is like a too long didn't read thing. Basically, Nate died. They both thought the other had done it, so they cooked up a plan to make it seem like mean old New York City killed their baby, and then they Mm. instinctually protected each other when all of that came crumbling down. And then they, like, directly go to a scene with Tim, and he's like, okay, I didn't shake him. And you're like, wait, what? What just happened? (laughs) 
such whiplash. They move Ali into another cement room of doom. Ali and Tim admit that they don't have a fucking clue what happened, <laughs> but Ali admits it was her idea to do the whole carjack New York City bad thing. Mm. I hate this line. Amaro tells Ali, sometimes babies, they just die. Mm. Neither of them can be charged because technically they didn't do anything. Finn and Rollins want them to be charged for all the man hours put into searching for Nate, but Amaro and Benson say their guilt will be enough. Depressing Dick Wolf. Yeah. Now, did you have other notes on this one? No, my my last of three notes was it was SIDS. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty much. The case that I'm going to tell you about, it, I'll do it quickly because it's it's another depressing thing. It's also very weird because, so this case in particular wasn't based on anything. It was like an amalgamation of different things, but there's no clear this is what it's based on. Mm-hmm. The creepy thing is that this episode aired and then it re-aired two weeks later and then a day after this episode aired, this case happened and they think that the woman got the idea from the SVU episode. Oh, no, that's horrible. Yeah. So the case is the disappearance of Sky... I I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, but it's Metalwala. Metalwala. Mm. It's a little boy who was... I think he was two at the time. Mm. And basically his mother, the story that his mother tells is that guy was in the car with her, with his older sister and that her, she ran out of petrol Mm. and she took her daughter to go get petrol, but left Sky in the car, in his car seat. And take in mind that the daughter's older as well. She's like a couple Mm. of years older, but she left the baby in the car Mm. and that it took her an hour and a half to get to the petrol station. And by the time that she got back, he was gone. And she says that he was kidnapped. From the very beginning, there was like holes in the case because when they investigated, they found there was nothing wrong with the car and there was petrol in the Oh, God, that's an oversight. In the car. And she never got petrol either. She went to the petrol station, bought like snacks or something, and then walked back. Okay. It happened the, the day after the rerun of this episode. People mentioned that she loved Law & Order SVU. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. There was also a bad divorce with Sky's father and it was there was mediated custody agreements in place and stuff and this is just a theory, but some people have said that there was if you take him away from him like you can't have him. Even Aww. if they can't have him sort of thing. Yeah. It's pretty fucked up. Like the poor kid. Like he's never been seen again. Oh, so, oh, so we didn't we haven't even found his body, that is Nobody. so no, the mother, her name uh, is Julia, Julia Biryukova. Mm. People have tried, like, it's been, I think, nearly 12 years mm. since it happened, and they've tried to get stuff out of her, but they couldn't. They didn't even charge her either because, I can't remember, there's some, like, legal loophole that if they charge her and then they find the body, they can't charge her for for the full extent of what they would be able to, so they didn't charge her at all. So she's just been free. She had a third kid. Oh, Jesus Christ. But the kid got taken away by child services. Mm. Yeah. Do we we know anything about this woman? Like, did she confess at all? No. At no point had she confessed, but there is some mental health issues there, Mm. like before and after everything yeah. well that is upsetting i was looking forward to you know the part of the the part of these podcasts where we talk about you know what the episode is based on not what 
real life well, expired yeah. yeah it's it's pretty gross there's a bunch of theories about it but i'm not going to go into that it's just it's just really depressing and it's even made even worse if um if she did get the idea from watching this episode especially not for nothing but it's a really shitty episode too <laughs> and yeah. they don't get away with it at the end so like what the fuck kind of foundation are you using as, yeah. a, as a motive like, i suppose by- like, I wonder if it's a scenario of, you know, she saw that they got off, though. Like, you know. That, yeah. Oh, that is, okay, that's upsetting. That is upsetting. What a wonderful way to end this episode. <laughs> this is awful. I hate this. I don't hate this episode, but I don't like it. Like, mm. like all of these, look, it's it's a sex crime unit. Like, they're, mm. they're not fun. But I think this one, the episode was depressing. There was no kind of little fun tidbits of characterization between the characters. Mm. Literally, the only fun bit of it was Finn going, trick or treat. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally the only fun thing about it. Mm. Anyway. All right, let's get into the next one. Mm-hmm. I want to do a countdown of when we get to the Barber episode. Okay. <laughs> Can we call it Barber Watch? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. That's how we'll end each episode. Like, Barber Watch. <laughs> X amount of days. All right, well, I guess it's time to say heinously yours. Mm. <laughs> but with a sigh. This one isn't <sighs> seductive. This is like, sigh. Yeah, this is yours, a, I suppose. very upsettingly heinously yours. Talia. Yeah. XOXO. Damn it. Damn it. No XOXO. This is the opposite of XOXO.